pretzels at sundown get advice and tunes when you don't even know what to freaking do souls at sundown keeps it fresh and new every other friday with megan hughes beep beep toot toot i've got a really big butt and a really long snoot beep beep toot toot my name is rue and i love to smooch beep beep I decided to keep in my sound check today, my little mic check, so I hope you guys enjoyed that little jingle dedicated to Rue. Um, <laughs> anyways, hello, welcome back to Souls at Sundown. This is episode 81, and we are getting into the topic of family today, specifically some topics that you guys sent in to me on Twitter, which is basically along the lines of what to do when you have parents who don't get it, who don't get you when your parents are unsupportive or you feel family pressure to do something else than what you wanted to do. And I'm just going to be kind of delving into all of that today. And so I'm going to play a song to set the mood called Family Affair. And it's actually not really about hard family problems. It's just kind of about having a family affair. I really don't know what it means. I don't think it means having an affair with somebody in your family. I don't really know the meaning behind the song. It's more of like a pump up party tune that I listened to many a time at house parties in LA and it's a bop. So I hope you enjoy it.
I looked up the meaning of that song after it played, and really just what I've gathered is that that's a party song. You know, it's just a jam about having fun with your family and friends and just getting crunk, baby, getting crazy drunk. <laughs> At least that's what this song meanings and facts page said. But honestly, it makes sense. Um, but we're going to be playing some more serious tunes as well, some more meaningful tunes in this episode. And just, you know, all of the above. We're going to be talking about all the above. But for what I already mentioned, I'm getting some questions from you guys and compiling them on my Instagram currently. But um, I wanted to talk briefly about those three topics that I mentioned at the beginning before the song played. So let's just talk briefly about parents who don't get it or parents who are just unsupportive of your life and your decisions and whatnot. Um, I have to say, you know, just a quick disclaimer before I get into this. I feel like my family will probably listen to this, like my parents and stuff. And I had a really good childhood. Like, I don't have many things in my brain where I'm like, oof, yeah, there's some family trauma there. There's some bad news bears, you know, like I had it good. And so I obviously haven't been through what a lot of my listeners probably who are, who are listening to this right now have been through with, you know, either family abuse or, you know, just like toxic, like divorces or just the whole back and forth. Like my parents are still together. Um, me and my siblings get along really well. I get along with my extended family incredibly well. So I will say that beforehand, like obviously I've been through things with my family and stuff but um, for the most part I definitely did have it really good so I'm not gonna sit here and be like trying to advise on stuff that I've never been through but with the stuff that I have or have some kind of an opinion on um, or advice on for you guys I will try to advise you the best way I can okay so that's what I'm gonna say before answering your questions and whatnot but before I even get into that I just wanted to talk about parents who don't get it let's start with that topic um, this is definitely really personal because everybody has different stuff in their lives that they open up to their parents about that they don't get. I mean, there's definitely been a handful of things that I've chosen to share with my parents where I'm like, you just don't even, you didn't even know how to respond to that. And that's okay at times, you know, it's all due to their own conditioning or their own upbringing. With generational gaps, like there will be stuff that your parents won't get. There will be stuff where it's just over their heads or they're like, you know, they don't really fully have the capacity to like handle that. Um, so you need to find other people to open up to about that. And I feel like I mentioned this in a podcast before, maybe in my last podcast, the sex advice one, but um, somebody said something along the lines of like, when your parents, like, I want to lose my virginity, but I don't know how to tell my parents. And I was like, I just never told my parents about that stuff. Like, it's not like I shared everything with my parents. So that's why there were things that I just found other ways of voicing, like to my friends or, you know, at this point in my life to a therapist or whatever it might be. So I wouldn't like depend on your parents to be your complete source of like, I don't know, just all of this enlightening advice and whatnot, because there's only a certain amount of stuff that they know about that they can advise you on or understand. So I'm just going to say that, you know, but with parents that don't get it, um, other than just talking to other people about what is going on, you can always try to explain to them 
why you told them, you know, like I told you this because I was hoping to get this kind of a response or I don't know, I just felt like you should know or whatever it might be. I This is very situational, you know, like whatever you're telling them that they don't understand. Like, for example, if your parents are like climate change deniers or something and they just don't get it, like they don't get that our generation is going to struggle so much more than them. That's just something that you could either have, you know, an educated conversation about or you could send them some resources to look up facts on their own. <laughs> but at the same time, and this is something that I kind of realized when I was on a, a trip to India where Finley and I were both the youngest ones there. Like everybody that we were traveling with was probably about 50 plus. And there was just a lot of conversations being had about the climate and pollution and all of these things because we could see it so much more there around New Delhi and all those places. And I don't know, I just kind of reached this point where I was like, y'all don't get it. Y'all don't understand. Like, you didn't grow up in my generation. You don't see the same stuff as me. Like, you're not going to be around when I'm dealing with this stuff. And it's just kind of a, I guess, a, a level of discernment of like, is this worth it? Is this worth my time of explaining and giving all this energy um, maybe that question is answered for you, yes, and you feel like you need to be the one to explain to them. I personally felt that way when I was in India. Like, I need to be the one to be the voice of my generation. Like, Finley kind of gave up and was like, these people, they don't fucking get it. But uh, I would still bring it up incessantly in group chats and stuff when I would talk to all of the folks and just be like, this is still on my mind and I feel like not everybody hears me on this and this is why I feel passionately about sustainability and all of these things. Um, and I felt like I really got to a handful of people, at least that's what they told me, you know, at the end of the trip, like they're going to make different changes and they feel bad for the things that we, you know, do and whatnot. But yeah, that's just one example, obviously, but I think that you just need to have a level of discernment. That's my best advice of like, is it worth it to explain this to my parents? Um, definitely like with career stuff at the beginning of when I started YouTube, my sister had to deal with that of like, my parents didn't get it because she barely understood it. She was only 15 when she started her channel and like started getting checks from Google AdSense and whatnot. And my parents were like, what is this? Like, what is going on? I don't understand why you like this. But they worked through that. We've been doing it for so long that they understand. They get it. My dad helps us with our money management and everything like that. So there's definitely things too that you can like come around to with your parents who maybe didn't understand it at the start, but they can they can work to that so it really is just very situational um but with unsupportive parents that's a whole different boat you know parents who they don't want to understand or maybe in fact they flagrantly disagree with what you do and with that kind of stuff i would say i'm just such a fan and an advocate for living your own life living your best life if your parents aren't being supportive or anybody in your life for that matter your siblings or your aunts and uncles anybody in your family or your friends aren't being supportive of what you do but it brings you genuine joy and you're not hurting anybody in doing what you do, I would say just have at it, follow your dreams. And there are definitely some things that you'll have to deal with as a result of that, like having difficult conversations. But 
with those types of things, you have to put up a boundary of like, I don't want to hear your opinion about this anymore. I understand that you don't get it. I understand that you disagree with what I do, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I don't get joy out of it and let you like diminish my dreams. So that's kind of the sacrifice that you have to make in that regard. Um, asking yourself, like, is this worth it to lose my parents' approval over? But I think that like seeking your parents' approval, it, it kind of gets outdated after a while. It's like, I'm sure that there's things that my parents don't approve of that I still do. Or maybe they see stuff that they're like, oh, I wish you wouldn't put that online or something, you know? But I'm like, well, I'm an advocate for vulnerability and honesty. So I will put this online because I feel like it'll help someone. So as a 23-year-old woman who lives on her own, I don't really make decisions based off of will my parents approve of this or what will my parents think when they see this? Because it's like, if they had something to say, then they would bring it up to me or, you know, it would be a topic of conversation or they would just drop it. So I don't know. I think that it's definitely a matter of picking your own battles, choosing to go with your heart song, if you will, <laughs> even if your parents don't see eye to eye to you on the topic. And, you know, there's just some things where it's just better left alone because you know that it'll just never result in a good ending. Like if your parents are unsupportive of your political beliefs or something, you know, it's like, well, why are we going to exhaust this over conversations at the dinner table when like, I just am never going to change your mind. So I got a lot of questions about that, like what to do if your family doesn't meet your political beliefs or understand them. And honestly, just do what my family does. We do not talk about politics. We do not discuss it. I think it's a great kind of unsaid rule that we have. I feel like one time last year at my family's like Hughes giving that we get together and do I feel like I was talking about Bernie or something. And then at one point, my dad was just like, why are we talking about this? Let's just move on, you know? And I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Because it's just less <laughs> of an issue then because nobody is really getting heated about their beliefs and breaking bridges down with their family and loved ones and whatnot. So yeah, I'm on kind of a tangent now with the political note, but you know what I mean. And back on the note of parental disapproval or just being unsupportive or however they act, um, there's a lot of stuff that ties into family pressure with that of like, oh, I, I don't want you to do that because you need to pick up the family business or I wish you would just go to business school or why didn't you go to college or like there's this pressure that a lot of parents put on their kids to like fulfill a role, you know, whether they have a legacy at a school or something and they're like, if you don't go to Princeton, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I definitely had friends who dealt with that with their parents who like really wanted them to go to UGA. I grew up in the South. Their parents went to UGA. They wanted them to continue that and, you know, go to the same fraternity or pledge the same sorority or whatever it might be. But there's just sometimes where your your kid's not you, you know, they don't want to fulfill your role of what you think they should be doing with their lives. And sometimes kids do want to do that. Like they have their life planned for them by their parents. They're willing to fulfill that role to make them happy. That's a very, very personal thing of kind of taking the torch and continuing it or being like, hey, you need to find somebody else to pass this to because I'm not in the game of, you know, continuing this for you. So I don't know. I mean, I definitely did get like a, a small amount of family pressure to go to college, I guess, because both of my siblings went, but I didn't. And I remember 
I went on a hike with my mom when I was probably about 17 and she was just like asking me what I wanted to do and where I could study it and what college I wanted to go to after my year off. But like, I never really had a plan to go to college. I was just like, well, maybe I'll do this or take some creative writing classes or whatever. But at the same time, I didn't want to do that just to appease somebody else if it wasn't what I wanted to do with my time or with my money. And I'm not saying that like college as an institution is a bad idea for people. I have plenty of friends who went and took a handful of classes or got their bachelor's or master's degrees and whatever. I'm not saying that it's a bad idea, Um, but it just wasn't for me, you know? So with family pressure and stuff, I just really tried to explain that to my parents and was just like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do it right now. And I don't really get that same family pressure anymore since I've gotten older. And it's been what, like six years (laughs) since I went on that hike with my mom. It's like, you know, six years later, she's still living her best life just minding her own business. So maybe we should just drop it. (laughs) At least that's how I think that they probably are handling the situation. But yeah, I mean, with that kind of stuff, it's like, you really just have to explain to them what makes you happy and not just try to fulfill something that they have planned for you if it's not what you want. And that is my advice on that. So with that, I'm going to play another song now called Family is Family by Casey Musgraves. And then I'm going to follow it by Mother by Casey Musgraves because she has two songs about family, her mother, just, you know, being a wholesome lady. And she's just great. Love Casey Musgraves so much. I keep wanting to call her Casey Muskrat because that's what Finley calls himself when he has his beard grown out. And he's been saying it every day. Like, I can't wait for my new straight blade to come in the mail so I can finally shave my Casey Muskrat. Oh, shit. Okay, anyways, enjoy these two tunes, and then we'll come back and talk more about, I don't know, just a handful of things. (laughs) They're there for your first year. They give you your first beer. When you get your heart broke, they're there for your worst year. Don't get you at all, but you're out. Fall too far from home. They own too much wicker and drink too much liquor. You'd wash your hands of them, the blood's always thicker. You might look just like them, that don't mean you like them, but you love them. Family is family in church or in prison. You get what you get and you don't get to pick them. They might smoke. Chimneys that give you their kidneys. Yeah, friends come in handy, but family is family. They're there when you're married, divorced and remarried. You fall out of touch, but then someone gets buried. Someone else does well and you'll knock them out Cause when it's all said and done They're the only ones that you got Family is family in church or in prison You get what you get and you don't get to pick them They might smoke like chimneys but give you their kidneys Yeah, friends come 
song just gets me man i love that song mother by casey musgraves she actually wrote that on lsd and she was just feeling real nostalgic for everywhere and everyone all at once and then her mom texted her one summer night (laughs) that's what it says on countryliving.com i remember somebody telling me that she wrote that song about her mom when she was on acid and so i just googled casey musgraves mother acid (laughs) and then that came up um, but yeah, very pure. Love it. I also loved that family is family song because it was just so fucking funny and country and just oh, silly, but also wholesome. And I loved the part, I forget exactly what the lyric was and I don't want to look it up, but something around the lines of like, you know, you, you grow apart and then somebody gets buried and you come back together and it's like no time kept you apart or something like that. And that totally happened to me and my dad's side of the family when my granddad died on his side. Like we went to his funeral in Texas and I got to see my cousins for the first time as like full adults, which, you know, the last time I had seen them before then was probably when they were still in high school. Um, I know that a lot of people have like a very close relationship with their cousins or their extended family. Like if you grew up in the same town as them, or maybe you just go and travel to see them often. Um, Like Finley has that situation. Like his, he talks to his cousins, like he talks to his siblings. And I just don't really have that same relationship with my extended family and my cousins. I mean, I definitely like occasionally check in with them on Instagram DM or keep up with their lives that way. And I saw my cousin Allison when I was on um, that road trip with Finley in Massachusetts. But other than that, like we really only see each other occasionally when our families all get together, which is a rarity, but um, love it when it happens. So don't feel bad if you don't see your cousins that often because fucking same, dude. (laughs) They grow up so fast and then you like come back together and you're like, what is happening? You're like a full functioning adult now. Anyways, I could talk about that for forever. But before I forget, I just wanted to read a review that somebody left for Souls at Sundown on the Apple Podcasts app. You can go if you have the time right now, leave me a little review of your thoughts about the podcast. I would love to hear from you, okay? And I read a new review every episode now. And this one is from BIL4976. And she says, my mom, in caps, five stars as her subject. 
and her review is such a wonderful discussion. Everything we talk about on here is so fun, and she is my favorite listen on nature walks, which is very pure. Thank you very much. <laughs> and now I'm going to get to the two audio messages that I got sent in to my email, soulsatsundown at gmail.com. If you ever want to just like send me an audio clip of something that you need advice on that you hope I will discuss as a future podcast topic, you can totally do that. I had somebody do that when I mentioned my email last week on the podcast or last episode. I always forget that I do these bi-weekly, so excuse me if I ever say last week. Two weeks weeks ago I said that and yeah somebody sent me in like four messages being like I just hope you'll cover these in future episodes and it was super helpful so if you ever want to do that and you feel called to follow your dreams but um these ones are you know topical for the episode that we're talking about today so let's hear this first one okay hi Megan um I've actually been following you and Lindsay for a very long time now um and I've always really admired how close you all seem to be and I also really admire how much effort you both put into your relationship. I think that's very, very neat. Um, I wanted some advice on how to be a good sister. To give you some background information, uh, my sister and I are about seven years apart. I'm the older sister. I'm 21 and she's 14. So in high school, when I was in high school, um, I actually had very bad depression and her and I unfortunately during that time shared a room. We did not really get along. Um, some contributing factors were I was pretty messy, um, whereas she's very type A put together. I will admit that I did not treat her very well. I was definitely not the sister that she needed me to be. I was not someone for her to look up to at all, and that definitely put a strain on our relationship. Um, obviously, I'm 21 now, and there's been lots of time to pass, but our relationship is still very rocky. Um, I feel like she doesn't really think of me in a very sisterly way, if that makes sense. Um, I don't really think of her in a very sisterly way, unfortunately, but I want us to be closer, and I think it would be a shame if we grew up and were the type of siblings who don't speak to each other. That would make me really upset and I know that would make my mom really upset as well. I wanted some basic advice um, but further or I guess more advanced than just send her a text every now and then and try to hang out with her a little bit more because I feel like those are the basics and I just I feel like I need a little bit more in-depth advice than that. So thank you in advance and I love you very much and um yeah, have a good rest of your day. Well, thank you so much to who sent that in. I appreciate you opening up about that because, you know, sister relationships can be hard at times. I noticed that you said that your sister is 14 now and you're 21. And it sounds to me like you have maybe a little bit of guilt about how you treated her when you were a depressed teenager and living and sharing a room with her. I would say that how to go about this now in the best kind of more 
mature way would be to maybe write her a letter if you don't feel comfortable having a serious conversation with her about how you feel bad about how you treated her. You know, you could write her a letter of apology for the place that you were in during that. I mean, not apologizing for being depressed, but just being like, you know, as a result of that, I, I treated you poorly and that wasn't my intention and I don't want to be, just tell her what you said to me, you know, like I don't want to be those siblings who grew up and we don't speak to each other because that would really hurt my heart and I want to work towards a better relationship with you and if you guys could connect on something that you both enjoy maybe you could start doing that together you know aside from me just telling you oh text her to hang out more whatever text her that you're thinking of her you know I think that there needs to be a little bit of ground set there like hey I know how I treated you in the past and I acknowledge that that was wrong Um, because I think that how you're feeling in that message is like I just don't want her to you know maybe think of me still in that way because I have grown up and I do want a different relationship with her than we shared back in the day and so yeah I would say that that's probably my best advice is either write her a letter or say that you want to figure out a time to have a conversation with her that's a little bit more serious about kind of just how your relationship was in the past and how you want to notably change that because you know, what is she going to say? Like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> no, I think that a lot of people appreciate honesty and acknowledgement. So um, I would say that that's probably your best bet right now. And then kind of just working towards finding something that you guys can do and hang out together uh, doing so that you can spend more, more meaningful time together. So that's my advice. Let's listen to this second audio message now. Hi, Megan. I just want to say that you are one of my favorite YouTubers, if not my favorite YouTuber and podcaster, and I just really enjoy seeing your farm content and your garden content and your sustainability content and all of the content that you put out. I literally watch every single video and thoroughly enjoy it. Um, my question is, um, because I am kind of like different than a lot of my family, I'm way more sustainably focused, I'm more plant-based, um, I have different religious and political views and all of those things, and I still live with my family. How do you go about navigating um, living with people that aren't as sustainably focused as you, not being frustrated, not getting annoyed, and just being gentle with the people that might not be as um, quote-unquote educated, I suppose, about sustainability or sustainably focused as well as, you know, just how do you uh, navigate living with people that have different religious and political beliefs as you. So yeah, I am so glad you have this podcast and open up this new voice message um, option and thank you so much for answering. That message was so cute and sweet. Thank you so much for sending this in to whoever sent this in. I can see your name, but I like to keep people anonymous because, you know, if you don't say your name, then I'm just not going to say it. So thank you. Um, I am just going to say that, you know, kind of at the beginning of this, I was talking about people who don't understand or don't get it. And 
not really exhausting yourself trying to explain it to people who don't get it. Uh, I think that this is really a matter of choosing your battles in this way of like, do I want to have an argument with my family about this? I'm sure that maybe you even have in the past um, because you understand that they have different political beliefs in you and sustainable beliefs in you or they don't focus on sustainability at all. I would say that because I get this question a lot, actually, my biggest advice when people ask me this is, you know, just worry about yourself, worry about your own waste, your own impact, what you're making. And if your parents or your family or whatever is cooking for you maybe offer to make a plant-based option or make like if you're having a taco night or something be like oh and I'll just have this tofu that I made on the side so don't worry about it you know you can offer to just make your own kind of meals if they're stressed out about the fact that you have different dietary restrictions than them and they're like oh as long as you live under my roof you eat my meat or something you know like I don't know what your dietary restrictions are or anything like that but if that's an issue then I would say that that's my best advice for that but also just along the lines of sustainability like you know, there are people out there who aren't, like you said, as educated on these things, or they truly just don't care. And probably one of the biggest lessons that I've learned about sustainability is you can't make someone care. You can't force your parents or your family, whoever you're living with, to understand on the same level that you do, because once they see it, they'll see it. Once they understand, they'll understand. And that'll happen in their own time. You know, you can't just be like, hey, why don't you see this? Like, I just don't get it. So maybe just focus on your own waste and impact and, you know, keep your trash in your room and do your own separating of it or recycling of it and sorting it yourself so that you're not dealing with their waste and their impact. Um, my mom does that at our house. And when we were growing up and didn't really like we weren't on the sustainability train, she would be like, you know, if you're going to go out to eat and get a styrofoam cup, like don't bring it back here, you know, because it's not my problem to deal with that. Like, don't throw it away in my trash bins because it's just going to stress me out, you know? And I feel like that's something that I'm learning now is like when I have guests in my house and whatnot, not everybody, you know, buys the same stuff as me or shops sustainably. And when I have people house it or whatever, and they buy their own food and then they leave it here, you know, it's, it's not my job to be like, hey, don't bring plastic into my house, you know, like, I'm not going to be a dictator about it. I'm just going to chill out and be like, you know, feed yourself however you want to. But I do have little, you know, sustainable paraphernalia things around our guest room in here. Like I have a, a little book that I got from my friend Tristan for Christmas that says fuck plastic. And it's like, 101 ways to be more sustainable and I have that as like reading material at the foot of the bed and in our guest bathroom I have a little compost jar that's like for wooden q-tips or cotton q-tips or little pieces of tissue um, or organic cotton thread or whatever that can be composted so it's like if you're gonna use little you know tissues or whatever you can throw them away in there and I have a little label on it of what can be composted just as a reminder and that's the stuff that I can compost post and see to but other than that I'm not going to be like don't throw this this and this away in here because it's like at the end of the day it's not me making that waste and it's not really my problem to dictate somebody else's life and beliefs so that is what I have to say about that but I get it you know it's hard sometimes when people don't care but what can you do
maybe you can leave a little compost jar in your family bathroom just as a suggestion for people to throw things that can't be composted and you know it's like properly labeled and stuff for them like I do maybe you could do that it's just like a little hey I care about this stuff so maybe just if you want to you could do that but at the same time it's like don't get too exhausted about switching other people's beliefs to yours because Sometimes it's just an exhausted conversation to have. Okay, but now we're going to transition to questions that I got sent on Instagram, just written in, and I need to get to these because we are running out of friggin' time. We got like less than 10 minutes, okay? Um, at least for, you know, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, all the stuff. So the first question I'm going to talk about is how to gain better relationships with your parents when you get older. And I got, you know, a variety of that same question, just asking about like how to grow closer to them once you grow up or move out of the house. And I definitely have a better relationship with my parents now. Not like I had a bad one when I was living at home, but you know, I was a teenager. I was probably hard to deal with at times. <laughs> and now I feel like I can, you know, call my parents freely and talk about whatever floats my boat or whatever it might be. And I would say that my relationship with my parents definitely like got better once I, I don't know, once I moved out and they realized that I have a stable job and income and daily joy in my life. And, you know, I have uh, my own little family out here, my own little farm family that brings me joy. And I think that your parents just want to see you happy. So once they see you doing what you like to do, then they have more to chat with you about. Like, I feel like once my my mom even, like, started seeing me caring more about sustainability and making my own food and growing my own food and whatnot, like, we have more to talk about because she shares that same passion. So I feel like maybe as you grow and get older, you actually share more of the same topics of interest with your parents, you know. Also, it helps to, like, be able to drink with my parents, you know, and laugh and giggle and play games or whatever. Like, I think that that definitely helps a relationship, at least in, in my family, because, like, I wasn't able to do that before. And, like, I would get in trouble if I did that. But now that I'm old enough to drink, it's like we can do that and hang out and I can, like, ask my dad about his fave bourbons and shit like that, you know, it's just random. Or now, you know, on the topic of my dad, like I watch football when it is football season and I can talk to him about that and we have something to bond over. So I feel like once you get older, maybe your interests kind of change and that moves you closer to your parents because you share more of like a mature I don't know, interest or a mature sense of humor or whatever it might be, like that all just kind of grows and changes with time and with age. So I don't know if that was really even helpful advice, but just kind of situational stuff of, you know, changing interests and having more common ground with your parents. I feel like that is nice for as you get older. So maybe just look for more ways that you can bond with your parents in that way if you would like to have a closer relationship with them. And then the last question that I got asked so much that I'm just going to end off with because I just feel like a lot of people were looking for this kind of advice is um, on maintaining healthy boundaries with your family. I really got a lot of different variations of that same question. Somebody asked something along the lines of like, maintaining boundaries with my parents specifically, but still keeping my siblings close. Um, I think that if you need to distance yourself from family in general, you can 
you know, just kind of explain to them, like, I don't really want to come home for this specific holiday or I have different interests that I need to adhere to for that specific holiday. So I'm not going to be coming home this year. Um, but I really, I relate to this question and can advise on it based off of topical boundaries, like topics of conversation, whether it be with the political stuff, like my family just doesn't talk about that kind of stuff, which I feel like is a healthy boundary that we all kind of just have. But um, for myself personally, I don't really like to talk about my trauma with my family. And that's a boundary for me that I kind of implemented in the past few years. Like, I don't think that it's a healthy thing for me to be talking about that with my family because I can get what I need out of therapy and chatting with my partner about that stuff. And I've just put up that boundary for my own reasons. But how I maintain that is just basically through, I don't know, expression that I'm not interested in talking about it. So like, if somebody brings it up, then I'm not going to fall into that conversation. I'll just change the topic or be like, oh, I don't really feel comfortable talking about that right now or with you specifically, um, which I feel like is something that takes time to kind of develop that boundary and feel comfortable expressing it. But boundaries are super important with family. And I don't know, I feel like boundaries obviously are in place for people for different reasons, but I just feel like I'm not going to get anything productive out of voicing that stuff because I know what has occurred in the past and it hasn't been a productive conversation for us. So I'm like, okay, I'll just find, you know, another way to express that or find somebody else to talk to about that where I'm feeling heard and understood. So I feel like with implementing those things, you just really need to be not harsh, but just like upfront. Like, no, I'm not going to talk to you about that. I don't feel comfortable. Let's please talk about something else. Those are my excuses, at least, that I go to to leave a kind of conversation that's not really going to get me anywhere except upset. So if you have those things that you recognize in your life, I would say implement some kind of boundary. If it's kind of an unsaid boundary, you can always do some kind of a diversion of oh, and then come up with an excuse of why you're not going to be participating in that conversation or whatever. You have something else to do. But also just you can be up front <laughs> too and just say how you feel, you know? And I don't think anybody should feel bad about putting those things up with their, you know, their parents or their siblings and extended family and stuff like that. Like if you come from a homophobic family and they bring it up, be like, oh, well, I really feel uncomfortable when you bring that up. So please don't. Um, and I definitely have had situations with just friends where they've expressed to me, like, we don't talk about any of that kind of stuff because we're not going to get to any productive point of understanding of them getting me or understanding my sexuality. It's just like something that we kind of leave alone, which is just family's family, brother, as Casey Musgrave said. <laughs> um, you can't really always change people's beliefs. A lot of people are very hard in their beliefs, very strong in their beliefs. And if you don't want to rile yourself up too much, I would say that boundaries are a very good thing to express and to exercise because you never know where the topic of conversation is going to go. And sometimes you just need to be like, eh, nope, not there. Thank you, though. Uh, yeah, let's just move on from that. <laughs> 
but I hope that was helpful advice. I think that if there's something in your life where you feel like you need to, you know, exercise a boundary over that you should just implement that and try your next family of function. If something gets brought up to just have the strength to say, oh, I have a boundary around that. I'm not going to be talking about that today. Thank you though. But yeah, man, I know it's hard to be able to like find the strength to say that kind of stuff, but I just hope that my advice helped or gave you the strength to feel like you can say stuff like that and put up some boundaries with family stuff and maybe topics of interest that you don't feel comfortable with. Or if your parents don't approve of certain things that you do, you can just be like, well, I'm not really comfortable hearing your opinion on that. So thank you though, but let's move on. <laughs> um, yeah, I just hope that this episode gave you maybe some ideas on how to connect with family in different ways and still maintain boundaries or maybe just helped you feel more understood and heard and all of the good stuff. Um, because, you know, it's hard to advise on families because everybody comes from a different one, right? But still hope this helped. I love you guys so much. I'm going to end this off for my Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple listeners. Don't forget, if you're listening on Apple, you can leave me a little review on the podcast app. If you're listening on Spotify, feel free to share this to your Instagram story or with a friend who you think it might help. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, you can give me a little like and a little repost. And I will just talk to you guys in two weeks on here. Adios.